Welcome everyone to Game Over Calgary, following a Calgary Flames victory over the Buffalo Sabres. My name is Peter Klein, thank you all very much for uh, tuning in today, as this was a very weird game from the, the Flames and the, the Buffalo Sabres. Already seeing a couple people in the chat, uh, Matt C saying that they, they never do anything easy, that this Calgary Flames team, uh, left-handed penman following along with that as well. Um, this was... Yeah, just a weird game to, to get a real grasp on. Uh, there's a lot of times I, I like to come on here instead of just like run through the, the game we all just watched, like pick out a, a couple of talking points. The, the main talking point is just like shoulder shrug emoji, like just a, a weird, weird, weird hockey game to, to get into, but a weird hockey game that the Flames won, uh, which I, I suppose is the, uh, the, the most important thing. Um, so as we get into it here, uh, reminder, we are doing things a little bit differently. Uh, if this is your first game over, welcome. Um, but we do things a, a little different this year. Keep the, all the chats in the, everything in there is fine. I'm not saying don't chat or anything like that, but if you have something that maybe is a little off the beaten path from what we're talking about, um, or just want to save something for the end, we are doing, um, like the, the SDP does with the press conference at the end of, uh, every podcast. So if, if you are asking some, uh, deep, insightful comments in there and I'm ignoring them, um, it's not because I hate you or anything like that. Love everyone who's coming in and getting involved in these chats. Um, it, it's just where we're saving some of these for the end. If there's something that um, really drives home my point, then I will absolutely uh, refer to it in the chat. But yeah, th this was just a weird one. And it was like, it went in stages, right? Like the first period was basically just shinny and it, it, no defense whatsoever, barely any goaltending, um, penalties, like nothing else. Second period, kind of boring. Not a whole lot happened. It kind of, it felt like, um, and then the third period, once again, no one could get a stop for a little bit. And then the flames hold on for a win, but yeah, just a, a crazy, crazy, crazy game. But I, I think there are a few good things to take away from this one. They won, but for, for this flames team, this kind of felt like a game they probably would have lost last year. Right. Because, um, I, I know I, I started this with, all right, so what are the positives? Well, the goalie sucked, but I don't think Vladar played very well tonight. He made a couple of saves that it was nice that he made them, but I don't know if any of the goals tonight were like, oh man, no way you could have stopped that. Like they, they broke Eric Johnson's 68 game goalless drought. Um, and on from there, like I just, I don't know if they were all like 100% his fault that Tage Thompson shot is a pretty good one, but he's wildly out of position on it and probably should have been there to make that save. But we saw last year, one bad goal was enough to send this team into a, a tailspin. Every time Buffalo would score, the Flames had a bit of a counter. And maybe it wasn't on the scoreboard, although in the third period it was, but the, the Flames were there to, to match the, the Sabres' effort, and they hung with what is a very good team. I know that over the last little bit, it has been easy to dismiss the, the Buffalo Sabres. Not now. That This is a very fast team. This is a team that has a lot of skill on it um, everywhere, right? Like forward and on that blue line. Rasmus Dahlin. Boy, was he good tonight. This is a team that has a lot of talent everywhere, and the Flames were the better team for most of it. But there, there was a couple of times where Buffalo would get a goal, get right back into it, but this, this, this Flames team, this version of the Flames, dealt with it, and 
and went with it. Like they, they, they did really, really well in handling the, the pressure that came from the Buffalo Sabres. So I think it was a, a really good one and a win that the Flames can actually take a little bit from. And it, it starts with something that has been a big talking point in this market for the, the last couple of days, um, at least in the, the bubble that, that I am in. Uh, for those of you who heard or uh, saw or whatever, I was on Sportsnet 960 yesterday and uh, Steinberg had sent something out about how Huberto was the, the Flames' best offensive player, which might actually be true, but I, I still don't think that we've seen even close to the, the Jonathan Huberto potential, and hopefully he's okay after blocking a shot, because I thought this was one of his better games of the season. Right from the word go, they came out and they controlled games the way that this Flames team hasn't in the past, right? That the in this new era of uh, post Johnny Kachuk world with, with Huberto and and Kadri and those guys, th this was the first time where I was like, oh man, these guys are dangerous on like every shift. And right from the word go, they do that. They create a scramble in front. Levi is caught 18 feet out of position, and Huberto banks it in off of him. But it, it's just it's that whole shift where it's just it's control, it's chances, it's pressure, it's puck retrieval, and then more pressure. That is something that has been missing because when when it was Johnny, um, and look, I I wasn't the biggest Johnny fan by by the end of his time in Calgary. But when it was Johnny, you knew when he was on because he was as Labardius would say, he was dancing. He would just be controlling games throughout, right? Like it was just he had the the puck on his stick, and it was. Oh, this guy just is taking over. He just said, yeah, no one else gets it. I'm just going to score here. He would do that. We don't see that from Huberto. A, a lot more of his um, dominance, A, has just been missing. But B, is a bit more understated. Tonight, I think it was a bit more aggressive. Um, I, I think tonight it was a bit more noticeable. I, I think that there was quite a bit more pressure from that Flames top line. Lindholm had a, a couple of chances as well. Um, someone saying in the chat, uh, Mark saying didn't love the offside. And yeah, like you would have loved for him to not, but that, that offside at the end that helped set up uh, a couple more chances and kind of takes away a chance at an empty net goal. I think that's more the defender making Lindholm make one extra move at the blue line, forcing Huberto to go a little bit offside than it was Huberto struggling. I thought this was one of his better games. And if that line's going to get going, this is going to be a, a really, really good thing for the Flames. And you saw the second line get into it as well, with Coronado setting up Blake Coleman for a big goal on that one, set up by Dennis Gilbert playing in his hometown. I'm not sure if they mentioned that a thousand times tonight, but Dennis Gilbert Gilbert was playing in his hometown, but he came up with a big play and Coronado strikes. The The thing that I like about this game and the thing that I like about the, this team is that it does feel like there's a, a lot of things are starting to come together for this group. Um, defensively, they're playing better. I think each game they've had a better defensive outing than the last. They And a lot of that was the, the control that they were able to have. Tonight, I do think the goaltending let Buffalo back into it, but I feel like the Flames were pretty clearly the better of the two teams throughout most of this contest, and like I said before, that's a good Sabres team that they did that to over there. Um, someone said in the chat as well, Matt C saying, um, the fourth line looking very dangerous. Yeah, that, that's been good, and I, sorry, this, 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 it's all a little all over the place right now, but... I wasn't a huge fan of seeing uh, Sharon Govich get the, the fourth line center spot. He was someone who I feel like you bring him over in the Toffoli trade and you kind of justify it by this is a guy who scored 25 goals before and he's going to get a better opportunity with this Flames team than he would with the Devils. 
So let's put him on the fourth line with A.J. Greer, who I definitely had heard of before last week, and uh, Walker Dewar. It felt like you were kind of giving him the lack of opportunities that he was going to have in New Jersey, you know? But he was really good and set up, uh, helped set up the, the Walker-Dewar chance. That fourth line ha has been pretty dangerous. There's a couple of times, I will admit, when Greer gets an opportunity, I kind of look at it and it's like, man, if that... With all due respect, because a better hockey player than I'll ever be, but there's a few times where I was like, man, if that wasn't him, I wonder if that is put in a more optimal position. Because he gets the puck in some pretty good spots, he just hasn't capitalized. But yeah, you're right, Like this fourth line has been good. That, like I said, there's a lot to be positive about coming out of this game, and I think three of the four forward lines you really like, and honestly, two-thirds of the other one came up with a, a big play. Um, Dubé winning the puck on the wall, setting up Ruzichka. I had kind of got on Dubé the last time uh, I was on here with you guys, and... I had said, like, this is a bit more of the game that we want to see from him, but it feels like he's kind of been passed by, and if the Flames want to make a, a bit of a splash, he could be a trade piece. And since then, he's basically done everything you want, right? Like, he has been a puck retrieval machine. Um, he's been going to the dirty areas, doing all the, those hockey cliche things, pucks in deep, going to the front of the net, pucks on net, all of those sorts of things. But he has been doing them in a way that not a whole lot of the other Flames do. He single-handedly kept that puck alive to, to set up Adam Ruzicka for what ended up being a massive goal for the Calgary Flames. I've liked how Ruzicka has started and Dubé is starting from a, an on-ice sense to, to play his way into the good graces for the Flames. So a, a lot to like about that. We, we will get to what we don't like in, in a little bit, but I, I uh, and we're seeing it in the chat a little bit. Overall, just a strong, strong effort from the, the Flames in this game. Yes, it got a little sloppy. Yes, there were a couple of speed wobbles and maybe even a banana peel was slipped on. But this is a Flames team that a couple of years ago would have lost this one, but they controlled a lot of this against a good Buffalo Sabres team, and I don't think we can just glance past that. Uh, I think, especially given how last season went, to, to come away from this one, the fourth on a five-game road trip, feeling like you got the better of a team that could make the playoffs this year, you have to come away from it feeling pretty good. So a lot of good vibes coming out of this one from a Flames perspective. As always, uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, share it. Um, coming off of a, a Flames win, we got 23 people in the chat. We'd like that number to grow. So uh, share the video, subscribe to the channel, like it. And remember, if I haven't got to your uh, thing in, the, t in the, the chat, we will be doing the press conference at the end. So uh, I will call for questions. Don't worry, you won't have to guess. Uh, you can call for questions. I will answer them. That's how it will work. But um, yeah, that's that's why we're not getting to as many questions in this one. There were a couple of downsides with the, the Flames in this game. I, I haven't loved what we've seen from Nazem Kadri, And it felt like in the Washington game, he was getting a little bit closer. But there, there does kind of feel like a bit of uh, going through the motions with his game right now. And maybe, maybe I'm just off on it. Maybe I'm not seeing it. I don't know what it is. But... From what I am seeing from 200 feet and a country and a half away, it's, it doesn't look like we are getting 100% Nazem Kadri right now. At least this isn't the Kadri that I think a lot of Flames fans signed up for a couple of seasons ago. It, it has just, you forget he's there a lot. And that's not something I think you would have ever said about Kadri with, with the Leafs, about Kadri with the Avalanche, um, and Kadri for some stretches with the Flames. But th there are stretches now where he gets the puck and it's like, 
Oh, right. He was the other one who they signed last year. He was the, the other big name that they brought in. He has just kind of faded into the background, and he's even faded into the background on his own line. Like I said before, um, Dylan Dubé was... Um, much more noticeable the last couple of games. Adam Rizicka has been much more noticeable the last couple of games. Kadri has just kind of been there. And this Flames team is in such a competitive Pacific division that the Flames cannot afford to have Kadri be a third and fourth line center. They just can't. Like, we all love Michael Backlund. He's got the, the, the C on his chest for a reason. Big fans. But him as your second best center doesn't necessarily, in, in a division where you have the Oilers and Vegas and, and on down the line, um, that doesn't really give you a whole lot of confidence. Again, I love Backlund a lot, but I love Backlund as a third line center. If he has to be your number two, that that's not, it, it just doesn't feel like it's going to be enough. Kadri has to be the second best center on the, this Flames team. And some nights, if he feels frisky, maybe even be the first best. Um, proper grammar for sure. I, I just don't like what I, I have seen from Nazem Kadri so far. They're, the the whole, oh, he just quit on Daryl last year, was totally understandable. And this this is one of the few times you'll say this positively, but Daryl's not walking through that door. I hope he's not walking through that door. That would scare the hell out of me. Uh, but Daryl's not walking through that door. Daryl... Daryl is gone. The, the problems were, were supposed to be gone. Now Kadri suppo supposed to be motivated and uh, reinvigorated after a down season a year ago. And it just hasn't been the case. It's only four games um, and they've won two of them. They've got three uh, points in three out of four. So it, it's tough to get two down on, on too much right now. But every point is going to be crucial this season. Every game feels like it's going to be very important this year for the Flames. I don't think they can afford to spend half of the year waiting for Nazem Kadri to, to get going. Luckily for the Flames, it does feel like everything else is clicking right now. Like, I do think Manjapani is the right guy for the job on the top line with, with Huberto and Lindholm. I wish he wouldn't um, get into scrums like he did tonight against Darlene. That just kind of seemed a, a little dumb. Um, but, I mean, to each their own. It's a highly emotional environment, and sometimes you just got to punch stuff. So that happens. But uh, it feels like that top line is going well. And I feel like the, the second line is really clicking. With Coronado getting some chances, like I said, set up um, Coleman tonight. And Backlund was really good. And the fourth line, Dewar gets a goal. They, they have been, uh, this is, this, I think this was a Gullitson one. It might have even been a Hartley one. Um, in the, uh, the, the fabric of the game, as they say, that fourth line has been a part of the fabric of the game for, for a lot. The, they go crash, bang, boom when you want them to. But they've created some scoring chances too. And defensively, like I said, this team is getting better. Better. So there's a lot going on around Nazem Kadri that is kind of isolating it. But if things start to falter, that spotlight is going to go on Kadri very, very quickly. Hopefully he will turn this thing around because the Flames need him to if this team is going to, to get back to where they think they should be getting to. Another thing that was a bit of a downer tonight, uh, the first night for Dan Vladar was not a strong performance. Last year, at times he felt like the most consistent of the, the two Flames goalies. He ends the year with slightly better numbers than Jacob Markstrom, but that's only because Markstrom's numbers were so um, gross. For Vladar, nothing about tonight looked comfortable. And again, this was a weird game, right? Like the, the first goal of the game gets banked in off of a goalie. We also had a goal, we almost had a goal score on an icing call, um, which we'll get into in a second here. Th th there was a lot of weird in this game. And so being a goalie in that, I would imagine it would be tough to, to focus on. For, for Vladar though, he has a lot of pressure on him. A, 
There was a lot of talk about him maybe being moved in the offseason, but the Flames decide to bring him back. There are a couple of goalie needy teams that I think Vladar would fill that need quite effectively on. And there's a kid that a lot of people are excited about coming up uh, behind Dan Vladar in Dustin Wolf, who Vladar admittedly outplayed in the preseason to keep this uh, this number two role. But he that that it's not just his locked in. No one is ever safe as the backup goalie in the National Hockey League. Um, nights like tonight cannot happen a whole lot, in my opinion. I, I think that he was uh, more of a, a liability to the Flames than, than an asset to them. The, the, in this game, it was a lot of goals at times when they just couldn't happen. That that Eric Johnson one, I don't care that there was traffic. That just simply can't go in. Um, the Tage Thompson one, Tage Thompson shot is going to be a lot of people. It, you're shorthanded as well, but... Man, that, that's a shot that he at least could have handled it better. You know, like, if you're going to miss on it, miss it a bit more comfortably, if that makes sense. Um, and then the Patricka goal was what it was. But I, I don't think that Vladar instilled a lot of confidence tonight. And whether he's a trade piece or someone who's just going to get sent down if Dustin Wolf lights the world on fire to start things in the AHL, I keep harping on it because I keep believing that it's true. The Western Conference is going to be a motherfucker. This Pacific Division is going to be really annoying all season long to have to deal with. Every game is going to matter. You can't just have, ah, oh, well, yeah, we lost 6-3, to three, but the backup was in. You have to be competitive in all of these games. And while the Flames put up a, a decent goal total tonight, um, I... I still think that this is going to be a team that has some stretches where goal scoring is going to be difficult for them. They're going to need their goalies to be competitive in these matchups. Um, and I, I just don't think Vladar was tonight. It's one game. He's coming off of the flu. I, I'm not going to like put him on waivers tomorrow or, or anything like that. But it's an area where you would like to see a little bit more consistency from Dan Vladar. All right, uh, now open to questions, comments, and concerns coming out of this one. We're going to get to the press conference, but again, a reminder, um, like this video, subscribe to the channel, share it with your friends. Um, if you missed anything, A, these videos just live on YouTube, um, but also all of these are available in podcast form, not just Game Over Calgary, but all of the Game Overs. It's a great way to keep tabs on what's going on with the seven Canadian teams in the National Hockey League. My name is Peter Klein. You can follow me on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at Primetime Klein. Uh, Mark Carvalho has been active in the chat tonight. Um, as someone who lives in Toronto, trust me, there were times when Kadri was on the Leafs where he was just going through the motions. See, and maybe that's just I didn't watch all 82 games every year of Kadri. It just felt like he was one who... When other players on your team were just going through the motions, he was going in there, crash, bing, bang, boom, and now the team is fired up. He felt like that guy. He didn't feel like he was the motion goer. He felt like he was the one who was, like, waking people up, if that made sense. Um, the power of Riff compels me. Um, messages in, do you think the lack of physicality will hurt the Flames going forward? I don't think so um they they brought in Greer for that very reason to to be the the big guy who hits stuff um Walker Dewar can be in that Dubé can be in there Manjapani like he's not big um but he is someone who will get in on the, the physicality as well like this team doesn't have Ryan Reeves but they, they can still I think hold their own with those sorts of things I, I would still like to have um 
a couple of guys who are a bit more comfortable scoring goals in those tight areas because that's where, specifically in the playoffs, that's where a lot of that happens. And I just don't think this team is getting to those spots as effectively as they need to right now. So maybe they would need a little bit more physicality in that sense. But I, I think that this team can be a little bit more physical than, than maybe people give them credit for. Uh, did you see Mange go at Darlene? I did see that. I didn't, like... I appreciate, like, it, it almost worked, I guess, because he got his stick up on, on Darlene, and then they get into a, a bit of a scrum afterward, and it looked for a second like both were just going to go and it was going to be fine, but Mange got the, the extra two. So I, I understand, like, maybe you're going off anyway, see if you can pull someone with you, and it ended up pulling um, Darlene off, but... I think Manjapani is at a point now where he's pretty valuable to the Flames. Like, they, they need him um, to help get that top line going. He is kind of a straw that stirs the drink for this team. So being in the penalty box for four minutes doesn't necessarily help that. So it wasn't anything I loved. I, I wasn't, like, bench him for the rest of the game or anything like that. It was just kind of a, I don't need... I don't know if you need to be that dude anymore, my guy. Like, when you were working your way up from the fourth line, by all means, punch people. But um, now that you're on the top line... I'd rather have you out there than, than sitting in the box, even if you are pulling one of the better defensemen in the NHL off of the ice. Uh, is Rizichka a wing long-term, or could he develop as a second-line center? Um, oh, and I see left-handed Penman was uh, just responding in the chat about the, the lack of physicality. But, hey, it was a question, so we're answering it. Press conferences. Like, I'm, I'm not uh, someone who's going to, like... Just dance around anything. I just see a question, I go. That's how we do it here on uh, on Game Over Calgary. Uh, is the the question from Matt C again? Is Rosicka a wing long term, or could he develop into a second line center? I think he could, but uh, second line center I think would be a bit much. I, I think that he is if he's going to be a second liner, it's going to be kind of in a, a power forward role. I, I just think as a, a centerman in the NHL, there's so much responsibility that goes into it, and. Um, not saying that he maybe couldn't handle all of it, but I, I think that if you were to put him in a, a center role, he would be better suited in a bottom six type of a spot where he can just focus on one thing. I, I think you, you would lose a little bit of something on both ends if he tried to, to do it all right now. Like, th there is a world where he grows into that, but I think right now he is best suited as middle six power forward guy, and I kind of... That, that's kind of the ceiling I see for him. Maybe maybe not. Like, maybe there is a world where he develops into that. But I think odds are he kind of stays in this role and maybe just evolves into it a little bit more in a, a middle six winger role. But I, I like him a lot. Um, I, he's someone who I've been banging the drum on for for a few years now. Um, not alone. Like, I... I that there are others, but it just, anytime he was at any development camp or prospect thing or whatever, he was just kind of the best of everyone in his grouping, whether it was like prospects or, or like development camp or prospect, whatever, or even like the secondary preseason games, he was always someone who would stand out. So th there is something there with him, but I think middle six power forward scoring winger is, is more his speed right now, in my opinion. Uh, will Zadorov get an extension anytime soon with him getting a bigger role this year and being trusted defensively, or are they just passing him over for a while? I don't think you can expect a Zadorov extension midseason. Um, that doesn't seem like one that needs to, to happen right away, but it, it's been talked about on this program a couple of times. Um, the only defensemen locked in beyond next year are Uyghur and Anderson. And Zadorov, like, like you said in that question, um, C-Belly4, if that is your real name, th they are absolutely um, relying on him a little bit more. Um, offensively, he gets the hat-trick last year that gets him up to the, the 14-goal mark. And I think put him in the top 10 for goals scored by a defenseman in the NHL or points, uh, whatever it was. But 
Um, they, they are relying on him a little bit more. And to his credit, I think he's kind of stepped up in that. There were times last year where you would have like a couple of really good plays from him and then, oh, oh no, oh, oh, it's bad. Oh, it's really bad. Like you would have, you would have some just kind of bonehead plays. Those have kind of gone away, but the high end stuff has, has stayed. I, I've really liked what I've seen from Zadorov so far. So if they want to give him an extension, like I'm not giving him four or five million dollars, um, but for the, the role that he's had, if they want to keep him around for a couple extra years, then yeah, by all means, go for it. I just, I don't think that's going to be one that happens in the middle of the season. Uh, Mark Carvalho, again, has the Flames neutral zone play been as impressive for you as it's been for me? Um, I, I suppose that depends. They, they seem to be one of the better teams at stopping the opponent before they cross the blue line. That is absolutely true, save for the Penguins game. Um, it's weird to be like, well, of the four games, one of them it wasn't in, but, um, that Penguins game, when things fell, fell apart, it was because Pittsburgh could just track me. There was zero resistance to what Pittsburgh wanted to do getting through the neutral zone. But yes, I, I thought tonight there were very few times where the Sabres were able to just kind of glide into the attacking zone for, um, and create any kind of opportunity. The Flames did a good job of kind of slowing things up for them a little bit and making it a bit more of a grind for a Buffalo team that has a lot of dudes who can skate, uh, especially, again, on that back end. When you have guys that athletic and that explosive on your back end, it's... Um, it's something that can kind of help with the, the zone entries, but it just wasn't there for Buffalo tonight. And I think the Flames did a really good job. So yeah, Mark, I, I 100% agree with you. And that's that's where this team is going to be successful, right? Like I, I've said before, this is a complex game, but it's also very easy. Win the neutral zone, win the hockey game. Um, and I think that the Flames did a pretty good job tonight because I think they also had a number of chances where they were uh, coming in with a, a few on-man rushes or coming in with speed into the offensive zone. Just a, a couple of uh, quick ones here. Uh, Toxic is asking a, a question. Um, I know him from my Twitch streams as well. Um, <laughs> Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, if, uh, if you so choose. But uh, just quickly, actually, no. Um, he's asking about the power play, and I wanted to talk about special teams. So uh, Toxic and I are just like, we're like this, right? Um, I... I wish the power play would be a bit better right now. It, it, it looks better than it did last year. I will say that. I, I think that the power play has taken a bit of a step from the literal nothingness and the uh, dark abyss that was the power play a season ago. There's still a couple of times where, like in the Washington game, um, the, the Flames got power play opportunity after power play opportunity and just couldn't quite capitalize. And the power plays kind of got worse as the, the game went on. And tonight, there was a number of power play opportunities, especially in that first period, against a goalie who looked shaky. And the Flames didn't necessarily capitalize. So the power play has been better, but in big situations or situations where you would really need one of those goals, it hasn't really showed up yet. Again, this is progress. Where we're dealing with uh, the first four games of basically an entirely new coaching staff for the Flames. Th these things are going to take time. Power play uh, mechanics and things like that is a bit more about uh, consistency and kind of everything gelling. I think it's going to gel. There's enough talent out there. Surely to God, it's going to gel. So I have high hopes for this power play. And I know after last year, a lot of these uh, different things that we're talking about kind of lost the benefit of the doubt. And it, it's something I talked about on, on 960. Like Markstrom has looked better, but the numbers don't necessarily look at just yet. Because um, I think defensively, they haven't been awesome in front of them. But you can fully understand how Flames fans 
aren't willing to give this dude the benefit of the doubt after he objectively cost them several games a season ago. Huberto has been one of the Flames' better players, but it, it hasn't been flashy. It's a bit more understated. Well, uh, you wouldn't be able to blame Flames fans for wanting a bit more overstated. You know, like, just be noticeable. Take over these games, because last year, you had a historically bad points drop-off, one you literally can't have this year. So, th this is a, a team that needs, I, I think, to, to grow a little bit. Uh, more and just kind of get things figured out. But I like the direction a lot of these things are going. It's just a matter of can they can they keep winning while they're also figuring everything out. So far, so good. Like I said, they've got points in three of four to, to start the year. That's a, a good place to start. Um, eight possible points so far this year. They have five of them. That's that's fine. While, while you're still getting these things figured out, you will 100% take that. Uh, a couple more here in the chat. Uh, I'm going to keep um, asking until, uh, or I'm going to keep answering until you guys stop asking. So uh, we can go for a bit here. Uh, the power of Rift compels me once again. I appreciate that, but if Mange is your most physical guy, it's a bit concerning. What uh, what can I say? Call me a Neanderthal, but I love to see some big hits in a fight every now and then. Look, it, it's a debate that's been happening out in Toronto right now, right? With the, the, the whole Reeves conversation. Not everyone is going to be the, the most efficient hockey player. I agree. Like, that, there does need to be uh, a little bit of grit and sandpaper and truculence to, to your game. Um, I don't think you just need a designated face puncher in, in this NHL anymore. They do have Greer if, uh, if something does need to go down, that they have him who can do that. For me, physicality isn't as much, like, game-changing hit and stuff like that. It is winning in tough areas. And the Flames have been doing that a lot this season. Um, their puck retrieval has been great. And it's been, albeit the the, the men who are a bit more uh, smaller in stature, are, we love our short kings, um, Dylan Dubé and, and Andrew Mangiapane have been the ones kind of winning a lot of those. There have been others, for sure. But those have been the guys who have been kind of excelling in, in those areas. And so, to me, it's more functional physicality, if that makes sense. It doesn't just need to be crash, bang, boom for the... Uh, just for the reasons of I wanted to crash bang and boom. Uh, I think you need to have it be a little bit more functional and the flames are good in that sense. And yeah, if, if something goes down and uh, things are getting a little bit out of hand, I do think they have guys who can step into that. Like I said, Greer could do it um, on the back end. Uh, Tanev, missing those teeth for a reason. Uh, Zadorov can do it. Gilbert can do it. They have guys who can step up into those things. It's just not their, their first role. Right, it, it's not the first thing you see on the scouting report, but it's a tool in the toolbox. So I, uh, I understand where you are coming from. Um, it, it's not a, a knuckle dragger mentality, but I, I just I don't think you necessarily need that, especially on this team right now. You just need guys who are going to go off, win some puck battles, be able to score those dirty goals in front, and we've seen at least a little bit of that from the Flames. I'd like to see more of the dirty goals, but uh, th those will come in time. I do believe. Um. <laughs> Seriously, though, is it time for the Flames to employ a shooting coach? I, I probably. I I don't know. I mean, what whoever has coached or taught Matt Coronado to to shoot, just get them to do that with, with everyone. But I mean, it, it's it's not just the Flames. Like th there aren't a ton of teams that are just riddled with guys who can score from fifty feet out. Um, goalies are quite good in this league. I'm sure you've noticed. Uh, it seems like they're specifically good against the Flames a lot last year, but. Um, not a lot of guys can just kind of to steal the NBA term, score from distance. The Flames have a, a couple of them, but yeah, it, it would be nice if they had a few more for 
Sure. Uh, left-handed penman, I'm more concerned with the lack of high-end scoring. Tanev, Zidorov, Kadri are all tough enough. I would agree with that. Uh, Gilbert, uh, sorry, Matt C. Gilbert hasn't fought yet this year. He can certainly throw a punch. And KQ, um, with the great win boys, with the Z, um, LFG. Uh, let's freaking go in Deed. So yes, a big win for the Calgary Flames as they get two points over the Buffalo Sabres. The road trip continues tomorrow. Audie James has you covered for all of your game over Calgary action this weekend. Uh, thank you all so much. Um, just in the, the spirit of full disclosure, the reason it's all over the place. A, if you've watched or listened for a while, you know that's kind of me, but uh, not not feeling 100 on the old mental health side tonight. So a little scrambled just in general, but it's a blast coming on and talking with you guys. It's a blast um, talking about this team sometimes. And uh, you guys were quite easy on me tonight. So I really do appreciate it. I said I would answer all the questions and some came in while I was talking about my mental health. So um, let's get to it. Uh, Brandel, I apologize if I'm saying that name wrong. Uh, what do you think of the new coach? And do you think the Flames will have uh, a great rest of the season. And do you think the flames will be in the playoffs this year? I like the new coach. Um, and part of that could be some bias. He was always really nice to me. So, you know, it's one up for him. Um, but I, I think that the improved vibes are going to be great with this team. Um, it does seem like tactically things are looking a little bit better. There's a bit more flow to it. And that's just in game four. I, I think these things are only going to get better. I, at the beginning of the season, did not pick this Flames team to be a playoff team. Um, I'm seeing signs that they could be. Like, that. I that there's going to be meaningful hockey games this year. We're going to have some uncomfortable conversations about what to do at the trade deadline with half a roster that has expiring contracts coming up for the, the next season. So it, it's going to be tricky um, to, to kind of manage all of that. But this is a Flames team that, at the very least, is going to be in it all season long. Um, so all, all of these gray hairs that you can kind of see popping up on me, uh, there's going to be a lot more of them by the end of this hockey season. Uh, so like I said, we got, uh, another big game coming up tomorrow. Audie James is going to be on game over for both games this weekend, uh, Friday and Sunday. I will talk to you all next week. Once again, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein. Follow uh, at SDPN Sports on all of those platforms as well. Subscribe to this channel, like this video, share it with your friends, and I will talk to you all next time. Have a great evening, everybody.